Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Golik and Smetty here. You look like you're about to kill me. I'm terrified. Welcome to Golik and Smetty. He's Mike Golik. I'm Jessica Smetana. Mike, I'm in a really bad mood this morning. Come on, Jess. This. I'm really, no. I'm really irritated, and I want to know if this is something that your children get angry about too when they visit you for the holidays. Because right now I'm at my parents' house, and my dad just assumed that I would be around this morning to help let these furniture delivery people in, and I said no. I have to record a podcast with Mike. So, Mike, while we're recording this podcast. There's going to be all these people walking around with like chairs and stuff. And I'm just going to be sitting here embarrassed because all of the sound is going to be bleeding through my microphone because my dad just assumed I was free and left for the day. So, so here, you do here, this with your kids because it seems like this is your, your generation. So here's the truth, you younger generation snobby people, is the <laughs> fact that we have spent all our lives, again, for those that maybe are new to Golik and Smetty, I graduated from Notre Dame in 1985. I'm the age of, of Jess's parents. Jess graduated from Notre Dame in 2016 after, a, you know, the, the wrong turn and initially at Clemson before she righted the ship. <laughs> so, so basically, Jess is the age of my youngest daughter. So let, I, I, that's for context. We spend our entire lives raising you guys, okay? 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 Not- you're, like not not you spent like eighteen years. Okay, not your entire right. life. How, how like, old are you? Twenty eight, twenty seven. Yeah. So yeah. right now, two thirds of your life was under the roof of your parents, who were raising you and doing everything for you. Sacrificing is what we do God. for our children. Okay, we 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 forget what we want, and it's all about what you want. Okay, so that happens. We send you off to college. We pay for your college, unless you get scholarships, which is very cool. Um, and then, you know, they're supposed to be adults, but occasionally, you know, you come back and you visit, which is cool because you like when, when, when the family is close. I'll just say this. When you go back to a parent's house, man, you're, under, you're still under their rules. You're, the, the, expectation, <laughs> the expectation is you're here. If there's shit going on, you're helping out, okay? You're not just some guest who gets treated, you know, to breakfast in bed, you know, and hey, what can I do for you today, Jess? How can I make your day better? You're in their house. You know what happens? Their life keeps moving on. They have shit they're doing, like your dad has furniture coming in, okay? So you got to, if you need to be there and help, you got to help. This is ridiculous. I can't believe you're scolding me right now. Oh, I'm scolding you, all right. This is not about my unwillingness to help out around the house because I help out plenty. This is the assumption that... When I'm with my parents or at their house, I'm just sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I'm watching TV. I'm going for a walk. I'm going to the spa. I'm playing golf. No, like I have a job. I still have to do stuff. I would appreciate if he asked 
what are you doing on X day? Can you help out? Rather than the assumption that, oh, she'll be sitting around doing nothing. She can let the furniture guy in. So I don't know if he assumed you'd be sitting around doing nothing, but I think, and, and I give your parents the credit of raising you to be a very productive person that could be versatile <laughs> and maybe handle doing a couple of things, okay? Because obviously, if your parents could be there for the delivery, they would. But they cannot. And let me tell you something. You've probably dealt with it some when you have something delivered. Man, you better be around. Because if you miss that or if you have to change it, you may be waiting a long time. So was your dad supposed to say, okay, dear, I know you're doing a podcast. Let me wait another two weeks before I get this delivery. Because if I try and cancel it or push it, they're going to say, okay, you're in the back of the line now. So now you got to wait another two weeks because you you were taping a podcast. I can't believe how, this is the meanest you've ever been to me. Oh, oh, I'm so on your father's side because you assumed that he would just say, you do what you need to do. You don't have any responsibilities around here when you're staying under my roof. What do you think of that? That's not true. What I assumed was that he would say, hey, are you a free, are you free at Wednesday at nine? And I would say, let me check. No. What if, you know, I call Mike and we see if we could do the podcast an hour later, an hour earlier and adjust my schedule so that both things can happen seamlessly. And instead, I'm going to be direct traffic while we're talking about Chiefs Chargers. So uh, you wanted you wanted your father to treat you like an adult. Yes, that's correct. Mike, my oldest is 33, and I don't treat him like an adult. So get that <laughs> well, out of your head, okay? That's because yeah. it's Mike. Well, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, and maybe fair, I'm just a, maybe I'm a little ag- a little short too because I just you know did this international travel thing. So yeah, right. Maybe right, I'm not caught enough. up, but but overall, maybe I was a little harsh. But overall, I am on your father's side, and make sure you tell him that. Uh, no, he's gonna listen to this, and he's gonna be it's going to be uh, insufferable. He's going to talk about it for the rest of the entire Thanksgiving week. I don't even, I'm going to tell him there was no podcast this week, actually. Oh, come on. God, Mike, that being said, good transition. Uh, How was Mexico city? How was the game that you were at? So I did the Monday night game again for Westwood one, uh, the Cardinals and the 49ers. And it wasn't a great game because the 49ers are doing what I think they're going to start to do right now. And the Arizona Cardinals are doing what I thought they would end up doing right now, uh, going separate right ways. So San Francisco blew them out. First time I've been to Mexico City. So my, my wife, Chris, came as well. Sydney came with her husband, Ben. They were at a, a wedding in Vegas. Um, uh, and then they flew out to Mexico what City from there. So we were all out there together. It's very cool. I, I, what I did not realize that it's like the fourth or fifth largest city in the world. That it has its population is basically Chicago and New York combined. What? It's, it's yeah. I mean, I don't think it I is, knew that either. I knew it was a I big did city, not. but that's it massive. It is crowded there. Very crowded. Um, Chris and I on on Sunday before the games went to this this museum castle uh, where some wow. of the presidents. It was their residents. I think three of the presidents uh, are for there, and it was really cool. Uh, So we did a lot of walking around because, you know, I don't know if I'm going back again. It was an opportunity for us to go hang out there doing Mm -hmm. a game. But it was very nice. I hadn't done international travel in in a little while. So it went fairly smooth, which which is always nice. Different. And here is a, you know, language barrier. You know, there are places that I've gone that we've gone as a family where it's it's conducive to them 
speaking English because we're tourists and, you know, mm-hmm. they want money. You know, everybody wants the money and everything, you know, of tourists. Mm-hmm. Well, here I'm there on a job related issue. So, I mean, they're just they're just doing their thing, you know, and luckily Ben speaks Spanish. So he was actually able to help out there. But other than that, I'd be somewhat lost. I, I wonder when you go, if you go on abroad to a place where you don't speak the language, how much how much difficulty it is for you. Yeah, I mean, I, I've never really been to um, that many countries abroad, like non-English speaking countries, but I was in Portugal earlier this year and I thought that there would be a little bit of a language barrier because I, I don't know any Portuguese, but um, everyone there spoke English. And in fact, like if you tried to speak Portuguese, they would be like, no, we're, we'll just speak in English. Like we don't want to deal with these dumb Americans mispronouncing right. our language. So I've never really had that issue, but that is that is really interesting. I, I wonder like on the on the scale of all the international cities the NFL has played and if Mexico City is probably the coolest, right? Like they've they've done London now, they've done Germany this past season. I know that they have plans to go to Spain and France, I've heard, but I don't know. Mexico City just seems so cool and there's so much like ancient history, like you said, and I've heard that the food is is also amazing. Listen, the food was fantastic. As far as the ancient history, the the unfortunate thing is the players aren't there a long time and they don't, you don't, you don't go out. And, and that's the one thing like in basketball away trips and baseball away trips, you're on the road for a little while football, you're in and out. Both teams came in on Saturday for a Monday game. It's actually 2000 feet higher than Denver. So there Which is an is altitude crazy. issue. Yeah, yeah. Uh, San Francisco actually worked out all week at the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs to try and get used to the elevation, and so I, I, I was fortunate enough on the field before the game to talk to Roger Goodell for a little while. Oh, are the delivery people there? Oh no, your coffee. My, co- there. my coffee delivery just arrived. Uh, okay, my <laughs> God, unbelievable! You you are a special human being, and I can't say a word because when my kids are out at our place in Notre Dame, they always go out and get coffee as well. I oh, guess my this coffee is so yeah, good. Yeah, whatever. Mm, God, look delicious. at that. All right, I digress. Um, <laughs> I got to talk to Roger Goodell for a little bit about the foreign the, the foreign games because. From, it was from 86 to two. I have so much information about international games from, from getting ready for this game. From 86 to 2005 was, I think, 40-some um, uh, preseason games. And I was part of those preseason. I went, I went to London twice, but it, it didn't count. There were preseason games. There were 45, I think, preseason games. And then in 05, that's when the international game started. And it actually started... With the two teams that I covered Monday night, San Francisco and Arizona, they were the first international game in Mexico City in the regular season in 05. And you're right, it was Germany. It's been Germany. It's been Tokyo. It's been Montreal. It's been London. And the biggest thing that Roger Goodell said he was he was hearing, especially from players, is there's a little more buying in. Because I remember going there, and the one thing I've always said is players, any athlete, any athlete is, is an itinerary person. You're told when to be somewhere, what, to, how to dress, where you're going to eat, and blah blah blah. Well, when all of a sudden you're changing your itinerary, your, your what you normally do, it can throw a wrench into things. And he said the players have started to buy more and more into these travel games as the teams start to figure out when they want to go and how they want to go about it. So they're not going to end. And listen, the NFL is not going to become a a league that has teams around the world. I know there was talk of putting a team in London. That's not going, in my opinion, 
that's not going to happen. That's going to be too big of a hurdle to try and jump through, you know, with whole organizations being based in another country. I do not think that's going to happen. But to have the one-offs like they're doing since 05 to now, they've had 40-some regular season games, and it's going to continue because the, just the fans, I mean, it, the place is packed. You get, obviously, fans from the teams that come in, but the locals there, I mean, they love it. And all the games they go to now, I mean, they are absolutely packed. You see jerseys of every team out there. So it's, it's a very cool experience, and, and, and I think it, it's, it is going to continue. They have contracts for this to continue, but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, but like anything else, it's compacted into a couple of days, and you get back and, like, the teams, you know, if they don't have buys, you get ready for your next game. You know, I, I come back, and all of a sudden there's my boards for Philadelphia and Green Bay, which I'm doing Sunday, and it's like you're immediately the next game. I know everybody feels sorry for me, right, because right. it's so you're difficult. Like, your yeah. life's really hard. You yeah, I know, I, and, I, and, and I don't it's mean tough. it that way, yeah. but it does, it does jam, especially the players, right. if they oh, don't I have imagine. to buy the next yeah. week. But – they, they all are embracing it more than when it started. There was a lot of apprehension years ago mm-hmm. when this started, but, but they're, all, they're all buying into it more and you know transitioning right into the actual teams. Just, I think the 49ers, though they have four losses and probably won't be in a position to get one of the two buys because I know the Eagles only have one loss and the Vikings have two losses, though they got smoked by Dallas. So I don't know if San, San Francisco will get one of the buys, but I think they're going to end up being one of the best teams and have a great chance to come out uh, of the NFC. And, and I'll tell you why. N- you know, I was saying this on air. Name me a team that has – a lot of people, t- teams have talent, but the depth of talent that they have. You have Debo Samuel. You have George Kittle. You have um, uh, uh, Christian, Christian McCaffrey. McCaffrey now. You have, yeah, I think you have that totally lot, changes everything total, for them. Completely agree. And, and people don't realize Elijah Mitchell, the other running back who was hurt in week one, has been back for a couple games. He's been the leading rusher the last two weeks. He's averaging close to six yards a carry. So he's a weapon. Their defense is, the, by total yardage, the number one defense in the NFL. They're in the, in the top teams as far as sacking the quarterback. Their not only talent but depth of talent – I think rivals anybody in the league as far as number of, of, great, of t- really top talent players they have. So I think it is really kind of opening up for them to, to make that move. And we'll see, you know, what Philadelphia and Minnesota can do to hang on to those top two spots right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm sure they're very happy they didn't trade Jimmy G after all, because it would be oh. a much different story if they did. It, it's been, I think, one of the weirder seasons for that team with the starting quarterback getting hurt. And and you mentioned they have four losses. One of those losses was in week one with Trey Lance playing in Soldier Field against the Bears during what might have been a Midwestern monsoon. Yeah, it was yeah. like crazy weather. So I don't I don't necessarily hold that loss against them. But you don't need to win all your games early in the season like the Eagles have done to make a deep playoff run and win the Super Bowl, right? I would say, you know, Win, winning ugly is good and, and certainly helps your case getting a higher seed, but you just got to get hot at the right time. And this is the time of year where teams that have a solid foundation and depth are really going to stand out because injuries start piling up. And you see like the Chiefs this weekend, they have so many injuries on their offense with their wide receivers, and they're still able to win that game against the Chargers because they have depth and they have Patrick Mahomes and they're extremely well coached. And so I think their chances now, when earlier in the season, maybe they weren't as, you know, fun to watch or they weren't putting up the points you expected. Um, I think that their chances now look pretty dang good of being the number one seed in the AFC. So, 
this is the time of year where you can really differentiate like, all right, which teams just got lucky earlier in the season, which teams are going to survive, you know, the mid season injuries and, and like, where can we really look for the playoff picture to unfold now going into December? You have, you have hit the nail on the head a thousand percent is as hard as I was getting on you about having responsibilities at your parents' home. I'm going the whole other way with that last riff you just had, because it is, so spot on and so different like from the college game. You know, we have never had a two-loss team in the college playoffs. You could get it this year if LSU beats Georgia in the SEC title game. LSU will we'll, be We'll in. get to this, by the oh, way, because no, no. I'm not happy about these I know. Games. I'm with you. And, and, we will, <laughs> we, and you're right. We will get to it. But my point is, never have you had two. So every, every game is so important in college where you get that second loss and you're basically out until they expand the playoffs. You're basically out. In the NFL, you're right. I mean, you can be 9-8, and eight, just get into the playoffs, but if you're peaking at the right time, if you're getting your players back from injury at the right time, that's why you see wild-card teams that can win the Super Bowl because it's all about timing there. San Francisco is starting to get all their players back from injury. You know, they had a couple that, that got nicked up in the game, but nothing looked too serious. So you're exactly right. It didn't start out well, but that doesn't matter. Just get to the dance now. You'd love to have a bye, but if you don't have it, so what? If you're the best team, you can go somewhere and you can beat a team. And San, remember, San Francisco went to Green Bay and beat them in the playoffs, so they went to the cold and won a game. So I, I'm in complete agreement, agreement with you is it doesn't matter the record. Just get in and peak at the right time. And, and, and I think San Francisco is that team. I don't know if there's a counterpart in the AFC that I would say that about. You know what? Tennessee just I, – I keep wanting to count Tennessee out. I yes. know Ten- Tennessee yeah. is, but and that's because they have the that run game that yes. really wears teams down in December. That you don't want to play against that when it's thirty-five degrees outside and you have to tackle Derrick Henry. But you don't trust them with just a run game and good defense to take it all the way. I, we, I, mm-hmm. I always count them out. I actually, like, like I said, I picked the Colts to win the division this year. What a Bad move that turned out to be. And Tennessee (laughs) looks better and better. But you just don't think they have the passing game. At some point, you're going to need it to outscore the Kansas Cities of the world or the Buffaloes of the world or the the Baltimores possibly of the world, even though they uh, didn't score a lot last week. And so I keep kind of counting them out, but they just keep kind of hanging around and saying, hey, we're here. And again, because you have a battering ram running game and a pretty good defense. So yeah. we'll see. I mean, overall, the weekend, the, the biggest storyline was, was the Cowboys just absolutely decimating the Vikings. This is why just nobody, or not nobody, but a majority of people don't buy into Minnesota at times because they're waiting for them to fall. Right. So now they just got smoked by Dallas. Does that start that fall? Does be to mediocrity because they have been playing extremely well. I'll be really interested to see how they bounce back from that loss. Do you do you buy into the Kirk Cousins being cursed during primetime thing? Like if, no. if if Minnesota does make it to the playoffs and they get to play at one o'clock every single game except until they get to this the Super Bowl, like do you think that they have a chance? I am one of those, Jess, I don't know about you, I don't believe in curses, I don't believe in any of that, that bad luck stuff. I believe you make your own fate, you know, by how you play, so I don't think there's some magic switch that goes on where Kirk Cousins in primetime all of a sudden just gack, so no, I, I, I don't buy into that. I don't know if you do. I don't know, I mean, I, I'm a little bit more superstitious than you, I think, which leads me to Notre Dame football, which has yeah. been a little snake-bitten um, <laughs> the, the last few years I guess you could say 
this would have been a really great year for Notre Dame to go 11 and one and make a playoff because this, this playoff race between the teams between like, I would say like four to eight is kind of wide open right now. It's going to be, it's going to come down to the championship weekend, which it usually does, but the playoff committee put LSU at number five, which means that if LSU beats Georgia, like you said, they're going to be the first two te- two loss yep. team to make it to the college football playoff. Now, LSU has two really bad losses. Yes, they do. They have one really, really good win against Alabama, which you now do the whole unraveling of like, well, how good of a win is it if this is right. the worst Alabama team that has also you know, whatever. That whole thing is is like a, another side note, but LSU now is in the position where they just have to beat Texas A and M this weekend. Texas A and M is, I think, four and seven. Yep. They 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 had like negative three rushing yards against UMass last weekend in the first half or first quarter, um, and then they play Georgia in the SEC championship, and that's going to be a, a really difficult game. And maybe you can make the argument if they beat Georgia, who's unbeaten, they do deserve to be in the playoff. But you have to look at the whole resume. And this isn't me saying this as a, a you know, Notre Dame fan who's mad about Brian right, Kelly and right. doesn't want him to make the playoff. Like, Brian Kelly took Notre Dame to the playoff twice. He's a very good coach. It wouldn't surprise me if he took LSU to multiple playoffs while he's going to be their head coach there. I just am a, I'm a, if I'm a Clemson fan, I'm really upset about this. If, if There's a number of teams, I think, behind LSU that – have, I think, probably the right to feel a little bit angsty about where they put them this week in the rankings. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it could get very interesting. Notre Dame can play spoiler if they beat USC because USC is sitting right in the sixth slot. I'm one of those just, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm not, oh, you know. That's another thing. If I'm a USC fan, which I'm not, I, they are, uh, I, I don't like them. They're they are the team I, I dislike the most in college football. If I'm a USC fan, they have a really close loss to Utah. They don't have very many quality wins. That's fair. They, they closely, narrowly beat UCLA last weekend. Right. Their defense looked terrible. Their offense looked electric. I would be very mad if I'm behind LSU in this ranking too. And that's what's going to – now because everybody understand that this weekend is Ohio State and Michigan. So one of those teams is going to get a loss. And now a, a lot's going to be played into how big of a win or a loss, in, in, the, in this case, you know, how much do you lose by? If it's a close game, is a losing team still in it? There's a lot of people that believe that Ohio State has more of a shot if they lose by two to still be in it than Michigan would because Michigan's – schedule has been you know basically you know an it's, easy schedule it's, it's not terrible. A conference. It's been a i joke. think i read it's like the third weakest uh power five schedule yeah, yeah exactly so so all you people teams, that rip yeah. notre dame every year about their schedule you know you just jump off that one i mean right. michigan's schedule yeah, yeah. is ridiculous so if michigan loses i think they're completely out um and and i, I could see usc saying wait a minute we have one loss lsu has two losses but LSU, if they were to get in, would have beaten Alabama, at, who is number seven by the committee's vote, and then number one, Georgia, if they were to win that. So I, I could understand USC being mad about it, being uh, if they beat Notre Dame, their only loss being to a team that's number 14 by the committee in Utah. So I could see that. Uh, but I just, I just think, you know, the SEC is the best conference right there with the Big Ten. And I think if you win that and look good doing it, and it's not like – because I'm with you. LSU had some bad losses. I mean, you know, I if mean, Tennessee, 
They yeah, lost the to Tennessee. Tennessee by like 40 points. And then t- Tennessee, which I feel, if you're yeah. a Tennessee fan. Just imploded. Holy wow. crap. Things wow. came crashing down so quickly yeah, they for Tennessee did. this weekend. They and did. I do feel bad for them because yeah. Hendon Hooker is now out for the season. Yeah. The sprained yeah. MCL. But, I mean, the way that they lost was that, just Well, and that bad. does hurt. That could hurt, should hurt LSU a bit. I, I mean, um no, no, LSU, uh, th- that that should hurt LSU, right? That yeah, Tennessee I think lost so. again. Right. Yeah, so, but I think if you win the SEC and you beat Alabama and then the number one team in the country, Georgia, along the way, I have no problem with LSU being in. So I do. It's, it's, I know you do. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's interesting how this plays out. So, again, Ohio State, Michigan, so one of those teams will have a loss. Everybody wondering if TCU can hang on and get another win and then a Big 12 win because if they're undefeated, they're going to be in. I think there, there's a good chance of there being three undefeated teams, uh, Georgia, uh, Ohio State, Michigan winner, and TCU. And then we have to see who the fourth team getting in will be. Could it be TCU if they lose a close game? Um, LSU will be out of it at that point if Georgia wins. Then, then that opens the door for USC. If USC beats Notre Dame and they win the Pac-12 championship, they would have a shot to, to slide in there. But, man, do I hope Notre Dame busts them up. And, and ruins their season. I mean, USC had the chance way back when, when my boys were there, when we played at USC in 2012, needed that win to stay number one and be in the – this was the BCS championship. This wasn't the playoffs then. And, the and, and, yeah, USC could have ruined Notre Dame's season there, but Notre Dame won that game. And now uh, USC's turn to be right in the thick of things to try and keep winning and Notre Dame's chance to spoil. So we'll see. But you make, you make a valid argument. I mean, that's what those guys – you know, in talking about after, you know, the committee came out with the latest rankings, that that's the talk. You know, can USC jump LSU? What is amazing is, and I was listening to Heather Dinich, who I think is just phenomenal at, at breaking things down. And she's right. Think about what Notre Dame did this year. Notre Dame is not going to be in the playoffs. Notre Dame, I mean, they're going to look back. If they beat USC, you want to talk about looking back at what ifs? During the season to say we lost to Marshall and Stanford, we could have been 11 and one and where we possibly could have been. And but what Notre Dame, how they affected this Notre Dame, Ohio State's uh, win, obviously looks a lot better against Notre Dame because Notre Dame is playing well, you know, beating ranked teams. Notre Dame basically is the only team that or one of the teams that dumped North Carolina. Right and Notre Dame. <laughs> that's that's another team that really blew yeah. it this weekend. And, North and, Carolina losing yes, to Georgia Tech. Ex- Georgia Tech exactly. being coached by a, an interim coach. North Carolina. I mean that that game was just tragic. Oh, um, it was horrible. And then Notre Dame. And then Notre Dame basically bouncing Clemson. Basically, yeah. we're saying Clemson, the ACC champ. North Carolina is not coming from seventeen, yeah. winning the ACC and getting into the playoffs. And I don't think Clemson coming from eight. Winning right. the ACC. So Notre Dame basically doused those seasons as well yeah. and helped Ohio State while Notre Dame is going to be looking for whatever bowl game, you know, they'll be they'll be looking at at either nine and three or eight and four. Yeah, I mean, just coming from a, a former Clemson student slash fan perspective, those fans are not going to be happy if they win the ACC championship, go, you know, 11 and or 12 and one 12 with and the one. ACC championship. And you know, lose out on a playoff spot to LSU who lost to Florida state, a team that Clemson beat. Um, and, and, you know, this is also like, this all hinges on LSU beating Georgia, which I don't think is very likely. I don't either. Uh, I am doubting that that's possible, but it's the what if that I think is sending a lot of these, these, (laughs) 
uh, teams into a tailspin. Like Clemson right now is ranked behind Alabama, and Clemson's got, like you said, the loss to Notre Dame. Alabama has two, I guess, air quotes, quality losses, which is what the yeah. playoff committee refers to them as. Refers to them as. I'd rather have a non-quality win than a quality loss, but like this is this is now like where the argument lies, right? It's is winning all your games good enough? Eh, it depends. Who are you playing? If you're Michigan, maybe not. Maybe Plus you should have scheduled another, you know, non-conference Power Five opponent. Well, that, that's what happens when you're starting to compare teams, right? You have to look yeah. at everything, especially if it's two teams that haven't played. You have to do kind of the eye test or the what if test, and some of it is schedule harder opponents. You yeah, know, I mean, right. and make your schedule harder so it looks better. To the committee, and and one of the biggest farces out there is because nobody wants blowouts. The committee's already always like it doesn't matter how much you win by bullshit. It doesn't. <laughs> if Clemson, tell me this: if Clemson lost to Notre Dame by one point, if it was a great game and they lost by one point, would they still be number eight, yeah, or would they know. be it's, higher than that? So don't I, tell me how yeah, much you I, lose by doesn't matter. I also think that like with Clemson in particular, and and this is probably you could say this for for a lot of these teams. Although Clemson, I think, is the one that stands out because they're the one lost team ranked behind two two lost teams, and, right. and maybe Southern Cal too could could make this argument. I know they're looking a lot at like who you've played and and how many ranked wins you have and things like that. And Clemson's some of Clemson's ranked wins like against Wake Forest don't yeah. look as good don't at look the as end good of the now. season right. as they did. Right. In the middle of the season, but I also think the committee is looking at the issues that Clemson has had on their offense this season. And there's been games where they've not looked really well, right. but they've won those games. They 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 beat you know Georgia Tech, even though maybe there were a few uh, primetime watchers that saw DJ Uyunglele throw in, incomplete yeah. passes in the first quarter, and like that is being held against them, which I don't necessarily know if I agree with because even if you win and you don't look great you still won whereas like there are you know maybe you could say for Alabama and LSU like they lost and they looked really good but they lost and so then that is that's the differentiation that I think is really tough to make it's like this eye test thing it comes down to like these you know committee members watching film I guess and determining like they better be yeah you know (laughs) is Clemson's offense not worth putting them in the playoff for and it's like I don't know if that's like where are we putting our, our values so, in that well, case well, I, I guess that I guess that comes down to what you think because I you know I do think there has to be an eye test right you have to see how Clemson I have to look at Clemson good running game good defense passing game is shaky right yeah um you look at USC electric offense defense very shaky so I think when you start to look at those kind of things and you're trying to decide where you go in a ranking and you're, rank, you're, you're judging them against another team, you have to do kind of the what-if game, the eye test game of, well, how do I think this game would play out? Hopefully, backed by watching film. That's why I want so badly right. to be on this committee is just because I love watching <laughs> all the film. So I, I, all the free food. I, I think that's exactly right. I, I, and I do think, Jess, that's a big thing is every year we ask, it's like the NFL, what are they telling the refs the point of emphasis are this particular year? So it's like each year in in the college playoff rankings, it's like, okay, what are we looking at? You know, what to the committee, what's the important thing to you? Sometimes it's non-conference. Sometimes it's obviously how, you you know, your strength of schedule, blah, blah, blah. It's all changes where it comes down to 13 individual people watching. And I guarantee you, some of them are are using the eye test saying, I think this team would beat this team based on me watching them play. 
and to me, I, I, I think that's fair to do. What's amazing to me is everybody wanted to get rid of the BCS, the computer system, right? Yep. If you look at the... Because of, it, because of Notre Dame. Yeah, Alabama. exactly. <laughs> and, 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 oh, there's no emotion. You know, there's, there's no human element. It's just right. computers. Even though if, a human makes the computer. But it's exactly right. If you look at most of the rankings throughout the playoff um, run here over these years and put it into the BCS rankings, you'd basically get the same teams. So Probably, there's basically yeah. not been a lot of difference in the, the teams getting selected by right. humans or by computers. So it really hasn't been, been much different. So I'll, I'll just say quickly as we, we move through this, I think Georgia beats LSU at the end of the day. I think they win their last game, beat LSU. I think they're undefeated all the way. I think Ohio State ends up being undefeated all the way. Yeah. Um, and Michigan Michigan looked pretty shaky against yeah. Illinois. Yeah, I know they did. Like Blake they Corum did. was hurt for a little bit. But, yeah. And Illinois has got a great defense. I mean, yes, they've, they do. they've blown a couple games this season, but they're yeah. a good team. And they held Michigan down to the wire. Michigan needed yeah. to kick a field goal to win. And, and – uh, I'm I'm with you. I think Ohio State wins that game, but I think it it, it might be it might be close. It might it be may close. be it may be close. But you're <laughs> right about it. Illinois, one of the top scoring defenses in, in the country. Um, so I think Michigan loses there, and then we'll see what what the one loss. And then TCU, they play Iowa State, and I think Iowa State's what four and seven or something. They're like that. They, they're like one, they're one and seven in their conference. I think. Yeah, like yeah, they're, it, they're it's doing horrible in conference play, which is they, crazy because yeah, Matt Campbell was like. At one point, rumored, I think, to be a Notre Dame head coaching yes, yes. Uh, option, and and like the last couple of years, he th- that team has underperformed. I think. Yes, they have. You're right about that. And then it, then TCU would play, play Kansas State, who they beat yeah. already this year. I think 38 to 28, beat them by 10. Um, so that was also a really good game, though. It, so it t- was. TCU is gonna that's gonna the Big 12 championship. Well, I think is gonna be really interesting. And the way agreed. that they they ended that game against Baylor, Mike, I wanted to ask you about. I don't know if you saw the ending, but TCU went instead of doing you know like run pass kick a field goal, they did pass run. Right. The, the offense ran off the field. <laughs> yep. The special teams unit kicking unit came on the field and they kicked the field goal and they did it. So seamlessly pulled it off, kicked the field goal, won the game. Baylor fans were all doing, you know, the surrender Cobra, like couldn't believe what they had seen. And afterwards, TCU's head coach was like, yeah, we practice that all the time. No big deal. Like we weren't even, we weren't stressed about it. Was that you do. not? Was that the no. most crazy sequence to finish a game you've just, ever seen? You do, because I, I was on, I was on uh, field goal units just about my entire career in the NFL. You do practice that all the time, and there's X amount of seconds. It's basically, if you have 12 to 14 seconds, you're going to be able to run your field goal unit on, and you practice it all the time. They're waiting there. You wait for the signal to go, and you sprint on. That is practice. That they're I right. would be so nervous. And oh, what if no, you're the I mean, one guy who false well, starts and screws that, it up like that? that ugh, that's why you it. practice it time and time and time again. You sprint on the field. Offense sprints off the field. You're getting some linemen that are staying out there anyway because they're on the field goal unit. So, you know, the big, slow, fat guys don't all have to run off the field to waste the time. <laughs> A lot of them are staying right there on the field. So that is practice. So that's that should work. That that to me is a part of special teams that should be counted on to get a kickoff. You know, that shouldn't be an, oh my, that's an exception to the uh, rule. That should be the rule. 
And that should be worked on enough in practice for you to get away with it. And they did. So they, to me, are the wild awesome. card. Yeah. It was. They, to me, are I want, the wild I want card. Them, I want them to make the playoff. I yeah, want, they deserve it. Do you, do you agree, though, they're, of the undefeateds, they're the wild card to make it in, right? Well, obviously, the loser of Ohio State, Michigan, probably is going to be shake, on shaky ground. Yeah. But TCU, I, I, I think we're, I'm most nervous about them staying undefeated. And me then there, I, I think LSU loses. So then there's, there's USC waiting in the wings. If Notre Dame beats USC, where are we going then? Then would it be a Clemson team oh winning the ACC or a, one of the teams that just lost like a TCU or if Michigan loses that game? It's, it still can get really, really interesting, and I think that's the fun of it. As a hater, I absolutely do not want Southern Cal or Michigan in this playoff. I don't care. Or LSU, right? I mean, I think mean, of the teams LSU, we don't want I, You're yeah. absolutely right. If Georgia <laughs> wins, if Ohio State wins, if TCU wins – I don't know. I don't think there's a scenario where Michigan and LSU both are not going to make it in. And Southern Cal, I should say. Like, one right. of those three teams is in. And then I'm like, all right, well, if one of them makes it, I hope they get blown out in the first round because everyone loves to make fun of Notre Dame for getting blown oh, I out. Know. Uh, give me a break. So, so many right. teams have gotten blown out in the first round. So let me ask you it's this, It's hard Jess. to be a hater. Yep. Of those three teams that you don't want in, if one of them is going to get in, which team are you begrudgingly would rather have in over the other two? That is a really, really tough question. Yeah. I'm going to have to say, even though I hate this team the most, Southern Cal, just because Notre Dame has taken care of business with them yeah. pretty consistently the last 10 years. They were in like the stone age for the last decade with their entire athletics department. And they haven't been very successful. They are the most, don't get me wrong. They're the most annoying fans in the world. I hate them. I wish <laughs> them nothing I wish them nothing but ill will, yeah. but I hate Michigan too. And, and yeah. Michigan fans, since you know I'm from the Midwest, they're they're just everywhere. Like the Michigan fans are everywhere. I I'm actually spending Thanksgiving with a Michigan fan, which is going to be torture. I just uh, I it's like a battle of which fans annoy me worse, I, and it's also a battle of which stupid fight song gets stuck in my head because it's oh, like yeah. the dang 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 dang, yeah. and then the USC one. They both of them might drive me insane. So honestly, I don't know. I think Southern Cal I'd be better better with LSU and Michigan though. Get get the hell out. I I see. I don't. It's amazing. You're like like you're my kid's age, and the dislike for Michigan that Notre Dame people have yes. now. See, for me, that was USC. Like, I have said... Uh, I dislike many... USC, too, for the record. Oh, no, I, I understand. But, but so much <laughs> different for me, for Michigan. I've said this many times publicly. I, if I didn't go to Notre Dame, I would have gone to Michigan. I, I enjoyed when I... I know, I know. But that. but it's true. So I didn't have that hate for Michigan that you guys had. For me, <laughs> it was it was USC. So I'm that is always the game... Boy, I want Notre Dame to spoil their season so badly this week. So Me too, Mike. And well, it's... well, yeah. It's going to be, I think it, I think it's going to be a good, I mean, the UCLA USC game made me nervous because Caleb yeah. Williams looked really good. Let me tell you, their offense, oh my God, wow. wide receivers. Yeah. If they could just like lend a wide, one of those speedy wide receivers to yeah. Notre Dame, that, yeah. that might help. But, um, but yeah, if Notre Dame can just, you know, run game, slow it down. Good defense. Manage, I mean, listen, how about, how about Morrison, that freshman DB? I mean, five Holy interceptions. Crap. Holy three, smokes. We didn't even talk about the Boston College-Notre Dame no, game. There's I nothing mean, to talk about. It was a destruction. Okay, fair enough. But it was really fun to watch them. Well, I bet. And, Boston College's ass in the snow. <laughs> isn't it great? And, and I've said this many times I because people always ask me, do you want to play in the snow? Isn't that awful? I said, listen, I was especially when I got to the NFL, I was an average athlete. When I played in shitty weather – 
all the great athletes came down to my level. So I loved playing in crappy weather. I, it, it worked for me. It made me feel like I was right up, up there with all the all the top athletes. But listen, Notre Dame is playing their best ball right now, right? Yeah. Um, but they're going to have to stop the passing game at USC. There's no doubt yeah. about it. Notre, as we text said earlier, USC's defense isn't the greatest in the world. So Notre Dame can pound the ball, pound the ball, pound the ball. That's the way they've been winning. That's the way they're winning this year. And they're playing their best ball. And that's the way they can close out the regular season. Uh, by doing that. So we will see a uh, big week uh, and then the championship week. So, so college football is, is a lot of fun going. I don't want to touch on a couple other things quick before we do a little Thanksgiving. All right, talk. Well, we we uh, got to hurry. Cause the, the furniture truck is here, Mike. Oh, it is. Okay. So quickly world <laughs> cup. I love watching it. I, I'm not the biggest soccer fan in the world. From what I understand, it's a damn is, is, Bad that we tied Wales. We shouldn't have tied Wales, USA and we Wales. Have, we should have beaten Wales. Should have beaten Wales. We play I, I, England on Friday. Um, so, and, and England blew out Iran, I think, 4 nothing. We should beat Iran as well. But uh, we play England on Friday. So, that that's a cool thing because three games on Thanksgiving, NFL games. You got uh, USA and England on Friday and then all the college games on Saturday. So, a hell of a weekend going on. On world, are you into World Cup? Are you big into it? I love the World Cup. Yeah, I'm not really a huge soccer fan. I, so I we're don't the same watch then, the, yeah. the Premier League, but growing up, I used to watch every single World Cup game when it was uh, World Cup time. I'm a big U.S. women's national team fan mostly, but I do root for the men's national team also. Um, it's one of one of the you know patriotic things that you, right. that you do this time every four years. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, it's, it's happening in November right now because it's in Qatar and the, you know, heat is crazy and everything. And there's obviously like so much, uh, oh, protests poli- and everything political going crap on, going bribes, on there. And, and plus a Netflix it, it, show about it. Yeah. Is that what you say? Qatar or Qatar? There was a big article in the New York times about, I read that and it was useless. It was, it was. Useless. I was waiting at the end for you them to give us the correct pronunciation. And they didn't, they said there was like a four page thing given out to all the media about all the different pronunciations of countries and players, but nothing about the freaking home nation. I'm like, I, okay, what do we call them? I know we, we talked about this on the Levitard show too, because Amin Al Hassan is a, he speaks Arabic and he was saying that, Cutter is the closest to how you pronounce it in Arabic. Okay. And then I read this New York Times article, and and it, basically the ending was like, well, Cutter's probably the most incorrect, and Qatar yeah, or yeah. yeah, I was like, whatever. I'm just gonna C- say Qatar, like guitar. I think they right. use this as the reference this, in this the article. article. I agree yeah. with you, Mike. It yeah. was a, it was useless. It was I, I guess useless. the consensus is that like there's no Ameri- there's no correct Americanized or anglicized right. way of pronouncing the name, but. Whatever. I, I've enjoyed watching the game so far. I mean, the Argentina-Saudi Arabia upset was like... Oh, was my... I was that was sitting, like App State, Michigan in 2007. Chris, Chris and I were sitting <laughs> in a restaurant in the airport watching the end of that game uh, in, in Mexico City where, I mean, later that day, Mexico played. I mean, yes. it, it was crazy there. But uh, yes. let me ask you real quick. I see you looking around. Is there nobody else in the house? No, they, they, my boyfriend is, is handling it. He okay. Gets, so I was going to say, points. we're good. So, and, so here, and I so saw, here, Mike, I can saw I the, say now, can I ahead, say whatever, real quickly, yeah. because whatever you're you going to get ripped again. Oh, you Jesus. just made all this, this, this shit talk in the beginning of this pod about how it was all on your shoulders that your what? parents left, your parents left you. And all of a sudden, oh, I got to do this podcast and I got to direct traffic. Lee is there. Your well, boyfriend he, he is wasn't. there. He wasn't. He was getting me coffee earlier. Oh, but he was going to be back within minutes, which he was, and he can handle the whole oh, move situation. You, you know what you did, Jess? 
You did, and you did it like Sydney, my daughter. You overstated the situation. You that, overstated the situation. I'm Just calling, admit it. No, no, no. I'm calling Sid when we're done, and we're going to talk <laughs> shit about you. And that's going to be my revenge, because I can't believe you're doing this to me right now. I am doing it. Good job out of you, Lee, taking care of everything. Wow. <sighs> Whatever. All right, so, so quickly here, give me the, give me the, the thumbnail on the last F1, I know Verstappen won. He's had the unbelievable year. Right. We talked about the drama last week with Checo and Verstappen. So was there any yeah. drama this week in the last well, race of the season? <laughs> Everything's done now. Not a ton of drama. It was, it was Sebastian Vettel's last race. He's retiring from F1. Right. Um, the, the kind of the big storyline was, was that and also who was going to end up getting second place in the Drivers' Championship, which is why there was all the Red Bull drama right. the week before. And Max wouldn't let uh, Checo go in front of him. Um, and it turns out that probably would have been helpful. So Checo mm-hmm. ended up losing out on third place by three points. So if, if Max had let him go ahead and the standings in this past race in Abu Dhabi were the same, he still would have lost the championship. However, you obviously don't know if things if they if they race differently, you know, with with a lead or whatever. So right, right. He didn't get Checo didn't get second place. Charles Leclerc came in second place, which I think he he totally deserved. He was the second best driver on the grid this season with a very unreliable team and a very unreliable car. So I'm very happy for him. And that was kind of it, Mike. So now, you know, the season's over. The grid is set for next year. Daniel Ricciardo is going to be in on team Red Bull as their third driver, like their reserve driver. So that's kind of the big news. This that's wild, isn't it? That is wild. Totally wild. Yeah. It's, it's great. It's a great PR strategy in my opinion, because Ricciardo fills up he, he like in a good way like takes so much air out of the room with his personality that I think it probably will help Red Bull not have to deal with this whole like Max but Checo. that's not great for him though I mean he's now a backup driver he couldn't no, get on a team no, I not mean great. but I, yeah. I think it's probably good that he's staying in Formula One because next like the following season I think he'll be forefront in people's minds if they need a driver, a driver depending right. on how you know how he does as a reserve driver and everything like that like I still think he he wants to be in Formula One he doesn't want to race in NASCAR he doesn't want to race right. in IndyCar he wants right. to stay you know with Formula One so I think it's probably a, a good choice if he wants to come back in 2024 um, but I think it's also going to make for a really interesting team dynamic with Red Bull because he is such a personality I mean he's so loud and boisterous and energetic really liked him in, in drive yeah. to survive he was definitely one of the favorites he has such a yeah. great personality and that's what you look for in those kind of docuseries and, yeah and yeah mike he he um his last race with mclaren this past weekend the whole team wore stetson daniel ricardo hats yeah. which i think is he's from australia and i i associate the stetson with texas and yeah, I, I, I do too yeah so funny that he <laughs> He's wearing, they're all wearing these cowboy hats for him when he's like not from Texas. But And it was a pretty cool, you know, again, they play the radio back and forth and it was a pretty nice, you know, exchange they had at the end of that race. So that was all great. Yeah, I I do like him. So the season is over. It was a happy ending. Season's over. Max wins. Max, you know, love him or him. He had a hell of a year. But he had the best year, right? I mean, ended up with 15 wins uh, and the record record before that was 13 by a couple of drivers. And like the most points ever, which, you know, is a little little bit of a wonky stat because they're racing more races now than like, you know, even a couple years ago. But yeah, he absolutely, absolutely won and deserved it. But uh I think next season is going to be interesting. So yeah, I do. I do as well. All right, let's finish up. It's going to be Thanksgiving when a lot of people are listening to this or maybe even a little after, but uh, before as well. 
So let's finish on this. We know it's turkey. I don't know if you have any other main, um, but what we is your, you do, we do as well. What, what, what are the, the big discussion all the time? It was easy radio fodder for us for years is ranking the sides is what, oh, what's your, yeah. what's your best sides? <sighs> and do you, are you cooking at all? I'm usually, I usually bake something like a pie. So I'm yes. probably going to bake a pie later. Good I have these you. like, Mike, I have these fall pie cutters that I packed in my suitcase to bring because oh. they're like shaped like leaves and stuff. They're very cute. I also packed this like baking dish. It's like a mold and oh. they're all leaves and pumpkins. It's very fall. You I packed, packed a baking <laughs> dish. I love it. And a, and a pie, like a pie tart, like tin thing right to be and and a pie and i got a, a springform pan and i brought a bunt pan too okay i packed a lot of <laughs> stuff i don't know what i'm gonna bake yet but i think i'm gonna make cornbread and a pie and then my boyfriend probably will make i mean he's like an amazing cook so he'll probably make us a couple sides but oh he's a great cook really oh my god he's an amazing oh that's cook. awesome oh what he, a couple he's that's like my excellent. personal right. chef and i wow bake, i bake the cookies he'll he doesn't even eat them because like we said he only eats like cheese for dessert but <laughs> he he bakes and and like or he cooks everything so i don't i don't have a favorite side i kind of it kind of changes year to year like what what i'm <laughs> right. into what looks good i absolutely hate green bean casserole so get oh, that I shit love away it. from oh, me i was just gonna say that's my favorite jeez oh, well, see, I don't like like the cranberry so sauce. Gross. I don't like the candy oh, I like yams. The cran- I, like I don't like it. My wife loves all that. I don't. Give me green bean casserole. Give me stuffing. I can eat stuffing all oh, day. Oh, stuffing. The Hell best, yes. The, Give ma- me all especially the made with cut up sausage in oh, there. And, my oh, God. my yes. God. All right. Team so stuffing. Good. Yeah, team stuffing. And then I think it seems like we separate from there. I'll go, yeah. I'll go stuffing. I'll go green bean casserole. I'll go mashed potatoes. That's mm-hmm. kind of... The okay, hearty mashed potatoes sides. I'm with you. Also, the mac I and go. cheese. I don't know if your yeah. your family we, we does the mac and cheese. Don't but. really do mac and cheese, but if if it was on the table, I'd eat it. Let me put it that way. All right, I'm a well, big mac and cheese guy. Well said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not turning it down. I'll, I, as the dishes get passed around, the cranberry sauce I keep handing it. The yams I keep handing it. The mm-hmm. sweet potatoes I keep moving along, mm-hmm. and then uh, but uh, yeah, the the green bean casserole sauce. Why don't you like it? I just think it's nasty. I hate green beans. Green beans, oh, well, that, that's, like, yeah. Yeah. Green beans it, disgust me. If you hate something that's in the name of the dish, I understand it then. <laughs> I right. understand it. It would be weird if that were not the case. But yeah, yeah Mike, I mean, it, it, I'm excited for Thanksgiving. It's a great holiday. I'm, I'm thankful for a lot of things this year, but yeah. mostly thankful for your kids because I'm about to group text them and tell them what an asshole you are. It's amazing because I was just about to say, I, I'm thankful for doing this pod with you. You're a special person in my life. I love you very much. And, <laughs> you know, I, I think this is just an awesome, awesome combination that we have here. And now I'm a little sad that you would say what you just said and hurt my feelings. But that's okay. You need to go to an acting class. I'm not. I am this. so full of shit, aren't I? Stugat's crocodile tears. <laughs> you have a lovely Thanksgiving. Let me ask. So, so I know how we started this pod. Are the moving people there yet? They are. I'm. I'm watching them move uh, a bed frame in the house right now. So okay. We're, all right. We're, we're all good. You're knee deep in it though. So the boyfriend now you, handled it. Yeah. Now I gotta go him. tell them how to put how you know. But like he doesn't know where the rug goes because he's right. You know, well, because so he's a guy. I, Who the hell knows where? Hey. I had let to send just, him a diagram of a rug. So, just so let me sure say this. It, it's not that he doesn't know where it goes. He doesn't give a shit where it goes. Okay? <laughs> That's what we do as guys. Just bring it in the house, and then we'll be told at some point where to put it because we don't give a shit where it goes. 
Oh my God. All right. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Guys. Yeah, you too. You too, Jess. <laughs> <laughs>